Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, it's a big day today. I'm back from my holiday, which means we can start the next book in the Pesky Kids series. Today, we're going to start reading The Pesky Kids 3, Stuck in the Mud. And I know I'm biased, but I think this one is a cracker. There's some great new characters. So today, specifically, we're going to do the prologue. Here we go. Dr. Banfield was sitting in the interrogation room. Like everything else in this former Soviet prison, this room was grey and damp. She had not eaten for three days. She had not slept in all that time either. Her interrogator was trying to break her. No food, no water, no rest. Classic interrogation techniques. But Dr. Banfield had been trained to endure all traditional forms of interrogation. They would not break her. She could tune out hunger and thirst... And the delirium almost made it easier. It was as if her mind was floating separate to her body. She hadn't spoken a word in three days. It was quite restful, really. How naive of her interrogators to think lack of sleep and food would wear her down. She was a mother of three. She'd had to put up with sleep deprivation and exhaustion for years. She didn't crack when April spent three months begging for a drum kit. She didn't crack when Joe looked up at her with his big blue eyes and asked for a dirt bike. And she didn't crack when Finn rationally explained all the logical reasons why he should build a catapult in their backyard. So she wasn't going to crack now. These interrogators were nowhere near as devious or unscrupulous as her own children. They would never break her. But the evil minds in charge of the collective didn't know that. So the interrogator kept up the questions in his relentless, emotionless monotone. Who were you spying for? asked the interrogator. Who was your contact in Bucharest? How did you infiltrate the Department of Defence? Dr. Banfield focused her mind on simple things, the cold of the metal handcuffs against her wrists, the smell of disinfectant about the room, the periodic flicker of the neon lights. She could ignore her interrogator completely. But then the door opened. The interrogator had not been expecting this. There was a slight flicker in his eyes and a small flush to his cheeks. Dr. Banfield noticed and understood. The interrogator was momentarily confused. But by what? Dr. Banfield did not turn to see who had entered the room. She would find out soon enough. She kept watching the interrogator to see his reactions. Raised pulse rate, averted eyes, hasty hand movements. He was more than confused. He was scared. Scared of whoever had just walked in. May I have the room? The new arrival asked politely in accented English. The interrogator left without a word. Dr. Banfield was not alarmed. The interrogation had not been going well. It was inevitable that they would change tactics. She wondered what their new strategy would be. Intelligence agencies rarely used the good cop, bad cop technique. They usually preferred bad cop and much badder cop. The game had just changed up. Dr. Banfield, 
began the new interrogator, as he slid into the chair on the opposite side of the aluminium table. Dr. Banfield inspected him. Approximately 43 years old, dressed with precision, ironed shirt, perfectly tailored jacket, understated tie, and neatly combed hair. He smiled at her. At least two of his teeth were false. He wouldn't like that. It was an imperfection. And they were front teeth. Not the ones you lose from tooth decay, the teeth you lose from being punched in the face. This man was a contradiction. Controlled where once there had been no control. A dangerous man. Said the new interrogator, shaking his head but still smiling. Such a shame, Dr. Banfield. We thought you would want to get home to your children. But clearly not. The interrogator shrugged. Our mistake. We misjudged you. We assumed you would love your children. He opened his file and glanced at the paperwork. Dr. Banfield did not move her head, but she permitted herself a quick glance. Photos of April, Finn and Joe were pinned to the front page. Close-up photos. Dr. Banfield refocused her mind on the handcuffs, the smell, the light bulb. She would not let them goad her with crude tricks. Ah, mistake. We underestimated your professionalism. Of course, Joe, Finn and April were merely part of your cover identity. They mean nothing. Handcuffs, smell, light. She would not react. But we did think you would want to get home to see your husband, said the interrogator. Dr. Banfield could barely hear the interrogator. She was focusing her mind, trying to separate it completely from her body, to mentally disengage herself from reality. Obviously, your marriage to him is over, continued the interrogator. You have no feelings for him anymore, if you ever did. But we did think you would want to see him again, to wish him luck on his remarriage. Dr. Banfield did not move. Her eyes did not even flicker. The interrogator pulled out a photograph from the thick file. It was a large colour photo of a very beautiful young blonde woman. He's a lucky man, said the interrogator. Such a beautiful woman. And Swedish. The Swedish are such a calm people. Men like that, I believe. And that is when Dr. Banfield shattered. First her temper then the interrogator's remaining front teeth, as she swung her leg over the table and kicked him in the face. And that's where we'll leave it, because it's the end of the prologue. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.